Coach Pat Summit, the head coach for the Tennessee Lady Volunteers for over 38 years. She'd won 1,098 games, eight titles, and had a 100% graduation rate. 100%. Every one of her players graduated college. And I think it was like 74 of them went on to become coaches in their own right. But if you played for her, you played for her with deep respect. You feared her too. And often you hated her as well. You hated her because there was no compromise in Coach Summit. There was no taking it easy. She would run you into the ground one minute and then, and then ask how your parents were doing like nothing happened the next. Coach Summit was ruthless. She didn't take her players to the edge, dude. She drove them over the damn cliff. One time after not playing well on a road, road game, as soon as they got back to Tennessee in the middle of the night, they got out of this church van. They didn't have a bus. They got out of this church van, and she said, you know what, you didn't play those final 20 minutes of the game. And because you didn't play those final 20 minutes, we're going to finish it now. Put your uniforms back on. So they had to put their sweaty uniforms back on, turn the lights on in the gym, and they finished that 20 minutes of the game. One time she ran her players until 4.30 in the morning. She said, I dare you to miss your 7.50 class. See, she taught in the chaos. She drove them so hard that, that, that one morning she said this, when they were all hunched over, when they felt like they couldn't go on anymore, they were sick. She said, this is what effort looks like. Real effort, real commitment. And now that I've shown you what it looks like, if you ever choose to shortcut, you'll be settling for less. And if you do it once, you'll do it for the rest of your life. She would take her prize point guards and say, and say in front of others, you're not fit to lead the team. You're not the, you're not the right one. I thought you had it, but you don't. She'd break them down right there. She broke them down because she knew they were capable of so much more. She said, I had to tear their hearts out. I had to take them all, tear them to the core. She said, I had to crush them because I had to get what was left of their ego. I had to pour that out of them. And once she broke them down, once she tore them completely apart, she'd build them back up. She loved her players dearly. And she would destroy them as girls coming in and she built them into ladies going out with respect and dignity and power and assertiveness. And some of the players took right to it, but others hated her, dude. They hated playing in the program. They finished and they hated her the whole time. But it wasn't until life came into focus later on that they could look back and say, oh, I see what Coach Summit was doing. And many of them in their darkest days when they were going through things uh, outside of, uh, of playing, when they were going through emotional turmoil, they would go to her house. And many of those players were the ones that hated her during the program. They would come back to her so that they could heal and rise again. I don't know. I don't know how do you how do you how do you transfer her philosophy into coaching in real life? How do you take your children to the brink to really push and lean on them and to bench them? You bench them and you got to stay firm when they're sitting there and they're they're weeping and they're crushed, and you as a parent just want to cave in and say, "Just please don't do it again." How do you just stand there and hold the line, stand firm? What about the people that you lead and you stand firm with a culture and a commitment that, that, you've, that you've committed to, to defend a business that you're in charge of and to hold the line, 
to not bend the rules, to demand excellence. And when they cross the line, they feel it. Not to punish them so much as to enforce the standards that you've set. As a leader, what do I stand for? Well, what, what, what will I allow and not allow? No matter the player. No matter the month. Some things I shouldn't have looked the other way. Sometimes I should have said, I love you. I love you so much so that I'll be right here standing on the other side of your hurt. But you fell short and I got to hold the line and you got to feel it. How do you take others to exact so much to get them in and push on them to see if they'll rise or fall? Maybe they're not the ones for your program. And maybe they maybe they show that that they're not meant to be there, but some of them rise and say, I'll earn the right to be here. I don't want to go anywhere. Coach Summit said, you don't get what you expect. You get what you demand. And she demanded that her players earn the right to wear that Tennessee jersey. And some say that style of coaching wouldn't even work today. I'm not so sure. What, to to take a program and build it to exacting standards? To say that that we may not be the most talented, but we'll outwork others? To etch the rules in place, and when they break them, they feel the wrath and are reminded of the names on the back of their jersey. My kids don't wear a jersey, but they sure as hell wear a name. And I got to remind them to set the example to say vices don't do that. I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't hold others accountable because we didn't hold ourselves accountable, you know? We, we think that, quote, we're not worthy of enforcing the rules because we fell short, we stumbled, and that we're not perfect. So we let our children and those who we lead slide. Can't do it. Okay, so I'm not the perfect parent. And sometimes my, my kids want nothing to do with me. They're angry because of the, the, of the uh, divorce. They're hurt because they had to move out of a big-ass house with a swimming pool in the backyard. My salespeople have had a front-row seat to see me rise and watch me fall. I've made bad decisions, poor judgments. I've looked the other way. I've been absent when I should have been present. I've avoided conversations that should have been had. I didn't stumble, dude. I rolled down the damn hill. But here's what Coach Summit taught me. Never stop coaching. Never stop coaching because coaching is not just about how to win. It's also how to recover from a loss. It's how to recover from a losing streak. How do you, after you've tasted the salty tears of defeat, after you've wiped the metallic taste of blood from your mouth, after getting the shit beat out of you, you keep on coaching. You show your kids and those who you lead, you teach them by example what recovery looks like, what overcoming a defeat is, and you show them how to win again. You never stop coaching. And you don't look back. You don't coach out of regret. Should the decisions and actions, should they have been different? Yes. But I can't change that, but I can in the future. I can't change what's already been done, but I can correct it moving forward. I already told you, you're not the perfect parent. You're not the perfect leader, nor am I. But you and I are both damn good coaches. 
And we're damn good coaches because we'll have notched over 27,000 victories. Those victories come in, come in the days. That's how many days. Over 27,000 days you're going you're gonna to exist on this earth. Now, how you choose to live and coach while you live, man, that's up to you. But let me tell you this. Don't stop coaching. Ever. Thanks, coach. And thanks for tuning into The Sales Life.